take it away. <laughs> hey, um, man, what a lot of stuff happening, right? It's that time of year, back to church, back to school, all of the things. Uh, some kids, some of our students have started school this past week, and some will be starting this next week. So um, continue to pray for them as they uh, do that. And for the teachers, my goodness, it has been a flurry of activity up here at the church as harvest gets going and um, really appreciate all of the work that the teachers and administration has done to get everything together there. So, um, and, and school, it's, uh, and I don't know what it is about, about kids, the way they grow up. Um, for us, whenever we had our kids and they were little, I don't know how you guys are, but for me, like I think my kids probably think that, or used to think that I, uh, I woke up and I was just happy when I woke up. Really what happened was I woke up before them, uh, took my time, you know, had some coffee, that kind of thing, and then would try to wake them up. But um, it, it, it became harder as they got a little bit older because it's like kids are built different. I don't know if you've noticed this, but I would, I would wake up and it got to the point where I'd have to sneak around. Any of you guys experienced that? Like, oh, I don't want to wake the kids up. I'm going to very softly go and make my, because when they wake up, they're like, boom, hey, dad, how's it going? Are you doing good today? What's going on? Hey, let's do this. Can I watch this? What? Oh, my word. I need some time. Like, just be quiet for a little while. Give me a little bit of time. Um, and so I used to really get aggravated because they were at that age where everything was so exciting. They didn't want to sleep. They hated sleep. They would go to, they didn't want to go to sleep at night. And then they wanted to wake up as early as they could in the morning. Every day was this exciting day. And I would be just exhausted with it. And now as they're getting older, I can't wake them up. I don't know what's happened. Like I'm, I'm, I wake up in the morning and I'm banging around and I'm hitting cat, you know, and I'm cooking breakfast and I'm making coffee and we have a coffee grinder and I'm grinding that coffee and they don't, I mean, they don't even budge. They just threw the sleep. And now I'm like, man, I miss the days when they would, when they would just wake up and they were so excited about life and, you know, going to school, they would put their backpack on and they would, dad, I want to, it's not school day yet. Oh man, well, when can I go to school? And uh, now they're not so excited about school. They're, it's just another year and it's just another first day. So anyway, thinking about kids, just be praying for the kids as they get back and get to it. And um, it's, uh, and for parents, because it seems like, and we have a freshman this year, can't even believe that. But as she gets into high school, um, for some reason, everybody is not very nice to freshmen. The coaches make them practice earlier than everybody else. And so it's hard on the parents, you know, because the parents are the ones with the freshmen. Yeah, if they had their license already, then that would be no problem. Be like, yeah, get up, go to school. But we've got to get up with them. So um, I hope you guys have had a great time. And I'm really looking forward to Back to Church Sunday. We're going to start a whole new series of messages, Back to Church Sunday, all about the kingdom of God. What is it? Where is it? How do we get there? Um, and it's going to be fun. So I hope you guys can come and be a part of that. Uh, today, though, we're going to continue. We've only got a couple of weeks left of the summer of the sermon. Summer's almost over. Feels like we're dragging into the very end of summer. But, you know, it, when it's 100 degrees outside, school in or not, we know that it's still summer. So we're, we're kind of coming to the end, though, of our summer of the sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, it's been, for me, it's been great. I love digging into this. I love um, seeing everything that Jesus, uh, that Jesus taught us. Uh, I read a story the other day about a, a billionaire, and he was 
trying to put together funds for a, 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 a deal that he was doing. And he, he needed millions of dollars. So he went to the church and he went down to the altar and he was praying at the altar. And, and beside him was another man. And, and this man was there and he was praying. He said, God, I just need $100, just, just $100 to pay this urgent bill that's coming up. And after a little while, the billionaire, he just got frustrated and he took a $100 bill out of his wallet and gave it to the guy, put it in his hand and... Um, the, of course, the guy got so excited. My God, I can't believe it. Woo, he was excited. He ran out of the church just praising God about what had just happened. And the billionaire said, now, God, that I have your undivided attention. <laughs> God answers prayers in funny ways, doesn't he? Uh, so we're going to talk about prayer today. It's that part of the sermon that we're on. Jesus is addressing prayer again. If you remember earlier, he talked... He said, when you pray, pray like this. And it was uh, the Lord's Prayer, what we call the Lord's Prayer, our Father who art in heaven. You guys remember that one? Well, a little further on in his message, he does this. But I want to talk a little bit about what, what prayer is. Just give some statistics. And I think I've probably given these before, but they did a Newsweek poll some years ago. And uh, the, poll of the, the title of the poll was, Is God Listening? And in that poll, they ran some numbers. 87% of people believe that God answers their prayers at least some of the time. It's a pretty high number, don't you think? 87%. Even so, unanswered prayers did not deter people from praying. 85% insisted that they could accept God's failure to answer their prayer. Only 13% of people surveyed said that they would lose faith if God didn't answer their prayer. A um, couple of other numbers, 82% did not turn away from God even when their prayers went unanswered. And 54% said that when God doesn't answer their prayers, it means that it wasn't God's will to answer. So just general public, general, a general poll, general survey, people, people pray. People are praying. They're, they're looking for something. They're looking for an answer. They're looking for somebody to pray to. And, and the power of prayer, I think, is evident in our lives. I think it's something that's important. It's something that, that we cannot disregard. And it's, it's a powerful tool in the life of the church. In fact, we're, at our church, we, we really believe in prayer. Even through the entire pandemic, we did um, Wednesday night prayer. If you have tuned in, I know some have. We did it online, and um, we've only had a few people, and uh, we're actually getting ready to, Wednesday's gonna be really pretty crazy here soon when uh, the school comes back, and then we have our after-school uh, kids Bible study. It gets to be an impressive, I think last year we had 120 kids or something like that uh, that were coming to the after-school Bible study on Wednesdays, which is after school. Uh, we found that um, it's, it's a good time for for kids to come to that. So uh, I'm saying all that because starting in September, we're going to come back to a in-person prayer time, but we're going to do it on Thursday night instead of Wednesday night because of everything going on on Wednesday. Uh, the people that are involved on Wednesday, they can be here on Thursday and it's going to be, we're going to do a circle of prayer. We're going to, like we want to get it. We really believe that prayer is important and it's powerful in the church and, and we can't disregard the fact that prayer is powerful in our lives. As Christians, it's something that we just can't let go of. We've got to pray. It's our line of communication with God. And I say all of these things, I think that we all understand how important prayer is, but we need to continue to beat that drum because as we get familiar with God, anytime you get familiar with anything, you kind of begin to lose interest in it. And we can't allow that to happen in our relationship with Him. Um, I, I think though that 
in regards to prayer, we have questions. We have questions. We'll ask a question like, what about me? Why does God seem to answer the prayers of some people but not answer my prayer? Some of you I know have asked that question before. Why does it seem like some people's prayers are more powerful than mine? I'm going to say a prayer and, and it's like it goes unanswered and we don't understand. I can remember a, a friend of mine, um, he died of COVID. And when he was sick in the hospital, I was, man, I was praying. I was nearly begging God, God, heal him. And he didn't get healed, at least not the way that I was thinking. Now, I can tell you his name was Burl, very country name, Burl, good friend of mine. Uh, he is in heaven right now, no doubt in my mind, with Jesus. So he was healed, right? But it's not the way that I was looking. I, I, was, I was wanting this miraculous thing. And, and so I think that sometimes we look at prayer and we think of it as a way that we can take from God the things that he otherwise would not let us have. But that's not prayer at all. God isn't keeping things from us, holding them close to his chest, keeping us from having things. That's not the way God operates. Prayer is... It's a divinely ordained channel that God gives his children, us, all of the good things in our life that are for our benefit and blessing. It's a divinely ordained channel. And we need to continue to pray. All right, uh, from the outset, I want to say that I think the way we view God can influence the way we pray. And, and here's what I mean. Some of us, we'll see or, or hear of God our Father. We talk about God, He is our Father. He's our Heavenly Father. He's our ultimate Father. But some of us didn't have good fathers. And we might see a father as uncaring or ill-tempered or stingy or even abusive. We've got to try to change our mindset from thinking of God in the earthly way that we do because of our experience with fathers and understand that He is a good and heavenly and perfect father. Imagine the perfect father in your mind and that's who God is. He's gentle but firm. He has great wisdom and experience and he will never do anything to harm us. Get that idea, that image of who God is in your mind. All right, with all that being said, let's read the scripture today. Matthew chapter seven. And if you wanna look in the notes for today's message, you can go to the uh, church's app and uh, look at the notes there. You can find them, Matthew 7, starting with verse 7. All right, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Those who seek, find. And to those who knock, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more Will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Jesus is, is uh, kind of changing the gears here a little bit. and He's addressing uh, something about prayer in this. Before, he was talking about um, how we should pray to God. Here, he's talking about the way God addresses us. Um, and I've talked about this a little bit before, so I'm going to go real quick over this part. The ask, seek, and knock. It's been preached a million times. I've preached on it here before, but um, all three verbs in this case are 
uh, imperatives, their, their commands. Ask and seek and knock. They're all commands. And so that you understand, there's, there's two basic kinds of commands. There's the um, orist imperative and there's the present imperative. To give you an idea of the difference between those two, if, um, if I tell my kids to, to clean their room, that is the orist imperative. It, it's um, a command to do a particular thing at a particular time. Uh, go clean your room. But the present imperative is a little different. It is keep your room clean. So in other words, clean your room and keep it clean. It's a command to do something and to keep on doing it. So that's the, the type of verb that is used here, ask, seek, and knock, all three in fact, are the present imperative. In other words, we are told to ask and keep on asking. We are told to seek and to keep on seeking. We're told to knock and keep on knocking. It's a nonstop kind of a prayer. Ask and seek and knock and keep after it. All right, so there's also in a suggestion in this that there's a, an increasing intensity of prayer. Ask and seek and knock. And I'm going to go through those real quick. Um, have you ever heard, it's out of James 4 too, but um, people will say you have not because you ask not. Anybody ever hear that? My dad tells me that all the time. Like, oh, dad, I need this thing. Well, you have not because you ask not. And uh, it's straight out of the Bible. But Jesus is encouraging us to ask God for the things that we want or need. He's telling us what, what are the things that you want or need and ask of those. The, one of the problems that we have with asking, just to help us understand, is that we view the world in a physical nature. Everything for us and about us is physical. We, we can, you know, we can touch things. We can touch um, friends and people and, and, and we can hug each other and we can shake hands and we can, um, everything is physical for us. When we eat, it tastes good. Like there's a, a physical part of almost all of our lives. It, so we view the world physically. But when we're talking with God, and Jesus was trying to help them understand this, they're, we're addressing a spiritual being, not a physical being. So Jesus is saying that we should ask and keep on asking, but to understand that God is spiritual and, and he's gonna see things from a spiritual point of view. All right, so, so that's ask. Seek then, seek is, is kind of a second in intensity. It's a, a, it's a deeper level than just asking. Sometimes we may doubt. Sometimes we may have a, a, a doubt or be in darkness and we need first to seek God's will. God, what is it that you're trying to say? What is it that you're wanting to do? Seek his will. So we're asking and then we go a little deeper and we begin to seek his will. Um, the amazing thing about God is that he has made a provision even in times that we don't know what we're trying to say. Like you've probably found yourself there. I'm, I'm I want to say something, God, I don't even know what that is. I was, that was actually me this morning. I was, I was sitting there, and I don't know about you, and I don't, this doesn't happen to me very often, but I felt kind of a, a spiritual disturbance, if you will. I, I just felt a, and I was like, God, I don't, I don't even know. Like, what is this? I don't even know how to pray about this. But the good thing is that in Romans, 
it, it tells us that God has made a way for that. It, Romans 8, 26, 27. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is in the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to God's will. So sometimes we don't even know what to say. We're seeking, but we don't know exactly how to seek and we just go before God. You probably have done this and been like, oh. And the Holy Spirit's like, oh, I'm, I get it. I know what you mean. It's like sometimes when you're talking to the dentist and the dentist understands you and you don't know how they understand, but it's, it's the Holy Spirit. He gets what we're trying to do. And, and that's kind of where I was this morning. I was like, God, I, I don't know. And as I'm praying about this this morning and we're having worship and, and I don't know if it was you or if it was me. That was part of my prayer. God, if this is me, Mm, you know, do something. And I just began to feel this weight lift. And I began to feel the Holy Spirit, which was awesome. And I love when I have interactions with him. And, and I began to feel the Holy Spirit just, you know, it was like this, this calming. And, and I had this connection with God. And it was amazing. But that's like the, the second in our intensity is to seek. And third is to knock. Uh, to seek entrance or, or to desire fellowship. It's kind of the most intense prayer. Sometimes we know what we want and we start knocking on the door and we are waiting for that prayer to be, be answered. Have you ever had a prayer and you felt so confident in what you were praying about, what you were praying for, that you just knew that you had to keep praying? Like you just weren't gonna stop. You had this confidence. You didn't know where the confidence came from. You couldn't explain the confidence, but you just had it. And so ask, seek, and knock. And that's, that's kind of what knocking is. We, we desire to have this fellowship. We, we go from asking God for something to seeking his will a little deeper to desiring fellowship, to enter that fellowship with him. And we're just knocking on the door, just knocking. That's not really what I want to talk about today, though. That was all just to set us up for the five principles of prayer. And this is where the notes will come in handy, by the way. They're all in there. The five principles of prayer. So it kind of tells us how we should address prayer. Ask, seek, and knock. Like deeper in intensity. Let's move towards God. Move towards the Holy Spirit. And then there's five principles. And this is, here's the first one. God does not promise to answer everybody's prayer. <laughs> now you may be looking at me going, wait a minute. Didn't we just read ask and seek and knock? And it's going to, you know, ask and you're going you're gonna to receive. Like what are you talking about? Um, let me help you understand where I'm coming from and, and I've got some uh, other scripture I want to read to you Proverbs 15 20 the Lord is far from the wicked but he hears the prayer of the righteous 1 Peter 3 12 for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil and then James 5 16 last one the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective you see God pays special attention to the prayers of those who are pursuing him and pursuing righteousness. So we may have this idea and we read and if we take it out of context and we, we just read what it is, ask and seek and knock and we're like, oh good, like I need, I need, my, I need my, my genie, come on, God, where you at? Oh, yeah, okay, good. This bill that I have coming up, I know that I went to Six Flags instead, but hey, I need you, can you take, there we go, thanks, God. Like, that's not what God's talking about here. If we take everything in context, what he's saying is he is going to listen to the prayers of a righteous person, but it, somebody who's selfish, 
who's undermining prayer, he's not going to listen to that. Because that's not lining up with his will for us. Make sense? That's the first principle. Second is this. We are expected to ask. We may say, ooh, I know I have this bill that's coming up. I don't need to do anything. God God knows that we have the bill coming up. He knows. He knows everything about you. He knows your life. He's with you. He's, He's hanging out with you. He's doing life with you if you're inviting him to. But apparently, we still need to ask. James 4, 2, we just read, you do not have because you do not ask. God knows everything that we need, but clearly, what we read today is telling us that we are expected to ask him for it. Your friend who's sick, he knows they're sick, but he needs you to ask him. And it's um, the reason that he needs us to ask him is because we're keeping this line of communication open with him. We're, we're staying connected with him. We're having that relationship with him. Keep that connection. Third one is this. God hears and answers every prayer of a righteous person. It's probably where it gets a little tricky for many of us. Some of us have prayed. We have cried. We have pleaded. We have begged and asked God to do something. And it feels like he's not doing it. I mean, we know we have the promise of verse 8. For everyone who asks receives, those who seek find, and to those who knock, the door will be open. I wonder if sometimes we have the misconception that the only answer God can give is yes. Because God can also answer with a no or a not yet. So we're praying but we're tuned to only hear what we want. Man, having kids is the best thing, isn't it? Um, Caden, he's not in here, so I can talk about him. Nine years old, doesn't hear anything I say, right? And whatever I say, he hears the opposite of that. Um, Dad, can I go play games? No. Oh, okay, thanks, Dad. I just said no. Like, no, you cannot play games. But he, in his mind, he heard yes, because what other question, what other answer can there be but yes? And I think we do the same thing to God sometimes. Like we ask him for something, fully expecting that he's gonna say yes, and he says no. And we don't hear it. Or maybe he says, not yet. God has given me promises. God has given me promises about this church. Man, okay, story time. I've... I, I got to tell you, I've been, um, COVID has been hard for churches, if you didn't know. Like, it's, it's been a hard thing because how do we navigate it? We want people to be safe, but we want to gather and worship, right? It's, it's just this whole thing. And um, I, I was just praying. I was broken one day. I was like, God, I don't even know. I don't even know what to do. And he, he stopped me and he says, you're going to love this. He says, Cal, my favor is on the church. Wow, like that's awesome. But did I just hear myself say that to myself? Is it what I want to be true? You know, do do you guys do that? You hear it and then you start questioning. Well, um, not even, I don't know, it was not very long after that, um, Bruno, worship pastor, came to me and he says, Cal, you never believe. One of my, I think it's his aunt, he can tell me later, who's a prayer partner of his in Brazil, he said, she called me in the middle of the night. Like, woke him up. And she said um, that 
she's over there, she's praying for him, and the church, and I don't know if you know, talk to Bruno sometime about the church that he grew up in, in Campinas, is an amazing church, Central, it's uh, Central Church of the Nazarene in English, and it's uh, the second largest church of the Nazarene, 12,000 people, like it's a big deal. The pastor there is an, is an amazing, his son is pastoring now, but the pastor who was there is an amazing guy, um, Pastor Aguiar, and uh, God's favor was on him and his ministry. Well, he was Bruno's mentor. I'm telling you a lot of background. but story time, right? So he was Bruno's um, kind of mentor growing up. And his aunt called and said, hey, you know how God's favor was on Pastor Aguiar? Yeah. Well, his favor has passed on to you and the church that you're at. Completely unsolicited, confirmed what God had just told me. My favor is on the church through Bruno from Brazil. My favor is on the church. And then somebody else came to me one day and we were talking, random stranger guy, no joke. And he said, hey, I just want you to know, like, he's, he has an attachment to the school, but I, I don't know him. And he said, I just want you to know that God's favor's on this church. I don't know if you knew that, but his, and I was like, okay, God, I get it. Like, you, like your favor's on this church, which is amazing. So I'm telling you as we're, the reason, the, the tie-in here is that, um, I'm trying to stay tuned in to God and what he wants, and I'm hearing him say his favor is on this church, which is huge, but how does his favor stay on this church? The only way is if we continue in the vein of what he has called us to do, to love like Jesus so lives are changed. Like, lives have got to be being changed, right? And the more lives that are being changed, the more people are gonna wanna be a part of that, and it's happening in our church. Um, if some of you are new and new people are here and it's because of God's favor. The school, I can't even tell you what's going on with the school. It's, it's amazing how, what's happened this year from um, 150 kids last year to like 220 this year. And this is like our third year, started with the preschool with seven kids, right? So like God's favor is happening. It's, it's, it's amazing what's going on. And I just think that we, part of this is us now as a church and as a pastor, the leader, to stay in tune with what God is calling us to, to step in line with what God wants for us and to not move out of that. So as we stay righteous with God and understand what he's doing with us, and this is where I, where I was going here, God can also say no or not yet. He, I was like, oh, cool. Like, so our church should grow, you know, to whatever size. He said, well, not yet. There's groundwork to be laid, right? So my prayer has now changed from God, you know, do this to God, how can I follow where you go? What do I need to do? How do we get there? And what do you need from me? All right, that's the third thing. Longer than I expected. Here's the fourth thing. Sometimes God gives us what we need and not what we ask for. All right, um, verse 9 through 11. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Even earthly fathers who by nature are evil. We understand that, right? Our human nature is that. We, I don't want to get into that whole 
part of that. But we are pursuing Christ so that our image becomes like his. That's what we're doing. And as our image becomes like Christ, we become less evil. But fathers, by nature, are evil, especially without God. If they can give good things to their kids, how much more do you think God's going to give us? You know, when our kids ask for a red hot chili pepper, not the CD, <laughs> but the pepper. Does anybody have cars that play CDs anymore? I should say album. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, um, I have one, so it doesn't matter. So, but if they ask for a red hot chili pepper, we're not giving them a red hot chili pepper, at least not most of us. I mean, I had a friend whose dad did once. That was, that was a sad day. He was putting his face in like the kiddie pool. He's like, oh, my mouth is so hot. Like, don't do that to your kids. Um, it's it's um, not what most parents do. But we, as parents, know how to give our kids good things, right? And if we can give our kids good things, how much more is God going to give them? Listen, we don't give our children things, typically, that we know is going to hurt them. Like, we're not in the business of trying to hurt our kids. We may accidentally from time to time, but we're not, we're not trying to hurt our kids. We love our kids. We want the best for our kids. God, who is our heavenly father, who is perfect, how much more do you think he wants for our kids than even we do? And it's hard to fathom because I want the best for my kids. Here's the last one. No prayer is ever wasted. Make sure you hear this. If you, if you don't hear anything else today, remember that. No prayer is ever wasted. They're not wasted. Many of us have prayers that we have prayed for a long time before they were answered. Some of us have prayers that we're still praying, that we've been praying for a long time, that are not answered yet. These prayers are not in vain. As I close, I want to read a story to you. It's an illustration from the life of uh, Howard Hendricks. Um, he's a professor of theology at uh, Dallas Theological Seminary. So Dr. Hendricks wrote this. The phone rang and I greeted a young pastor friend from Arlington, uh, Arlington, Virginia. What are you doing, he asked. Studying, I replied, nothing special. Are you sitting down? Yes, why? Your father just trusted Christ this evening. He what? You've got to be kidding, I blurted out. Such an inappropriate response grew out of long detours in our father-son journey. Ever since I received Christ as a boy, my concern has been for the salvation of my family and loved ones. On repeated occasions, I had broached the subject of the gospel with dad, but his response was less than excited. My father has always been a very important person to me. Not that I approved of everything he said or did or that I imitated him consciously in any way. We weren't really close friends either. But he was important in my life because of the indirect impact he had upon me. Dad was a military man. He had seen action around the world. During the periods when he was embroiled in battle, I would become very sensitive to his spiritual need. I and my family prayed for him, but at times, I'm afraid my faith sputtered. His response was always the same. Son, don't worry about me. I'll work it out with God. As if God could be manipulated like a Pentagon official. God brought a man into my life, a man with a passion for men. His name was Butch Hardman. One day before we knew each other, Butch was boarding a plane in Detroit when a friend handed him a cassette tape. Ever hear Hendrix? Here's a tape you should listen to. 
On that tape, I related my father's spiritual need. Butch listened, and something about the anecdote reminded him of his own father, with whom he had shared Christ shortly before he died. He began to pray for this unknown man, George Hendricks. Some months later, Butch attended a pastor's conference in Philadelphia, where I was the speaker. He shook my hand afterward. That was the only time our paths crossed before a remarkable incident in Arlington. Butch was driving the church bus down the street, having discharged all his passengers. He saw a man standing on the corner who reminded him un uncannily of Howard Hendricks. Could it possibly be? He backed the bus, stopped, got off, and went over to the man. Are you by chance Howard Hendricks' father? It is easy to imagine the startled response, or uh, I can envision my father's once over with his steely blue eyes. Yeah? You a student of my son? No, I'm not, but he sure has helped me. Got time for a cup of coffee? That encounter began a friendship skillfully engineered by the Spirit of God. Butch undoubtedly sensed dad's hesitancy when he discovered he had met a preacher. For a long time, Butch did not invite him to attend his church. He simply suggested that dad drop by the office for coffee. Patiently, he endured dad's cigars and his endless repertoire of war stories. Before long, he also learned that dad had been diagnosed as having a terminal throat cancer. Months later, Butch was at his bedside. Mr. Hendricks, I'll be leaving shortly for a Holy Land trip. Instead of my listening to you tonight, would you let me tell you a story? Butch had earned his hearing and he began simply to relate the interview of Jesus Christ with Nicodemus as recorded by the Apostle John. At the conclusion, Dad accepted Butch's invitation to receive Jesus Christ as his own personal Savior. Then Dad got up out of bed, stood, and saluted with a smile. Now I'm under a new commander-in-chief. That night, Butch called Dallas. The last time I saw Dad alive, I could not believe he was the same man I had known. His frame was wasted, but his spirit was more virile than I had ever known. In accordance with Dad's specific provision in his will, Butch Hardman constructed, or conducted the crisp military funeral in Arlington Cemetery where the gospel of Jesus Christ was presented to the small group of family and military attendants. As the guns saluted their final farewell, I knew God had vindicated 42 years of prayer. We don't always know. We don't always know when God's gonna hear, how he's gonna hear, but I want you to know that no prayer is ever wasted. God hears them all. He doesn't always answer the way we want. Sometimes the answer is no, and sometimes it's not yet. But no prayer is ever wasted. We have to be vigilant to continue to petition God for what we need. We also have to be vigilant to pursue righteousness because we know that he hears the prayer of a righteous person. And just so you know, as, as we pursue righteousness, the beauty of that is our will begins to line up with his will. So you come to the place where you're so close in relationship with God that you know that you're going the direction that he wants you to go. So as we pursue righteousness, we understand, understand more how he wants us to pray and what he wants us to pray for. So uh, my encouragement to you today is to pray, to ask and seek and knock, to pray and to continue to seek his will and to knock until you get that door open. Let's pray. God, this morning I'm asking for a special touch in this place. Heavenly Father, you have been so good to us. And forgive us for the times that we dismiss that or 
we don't pay attention to that or we miss it. But I pray that you would help us to continue to pray vigilantly, to continue to pursue righteousness and to hear you when you speak so that we know how you're answering the prayer, how you're working in our life and how you're working in us. So work in our lives, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Man, what a pleasure to be here with all of you this morning. It's been amazing. Thank you guys for just going with it. Today I had some things I way off my notes, but man, God's doing amazing things here. He's doing amazing things in our church. Continue to pray for his his outpouring, continue to pray for his movement, and um, that we'll continue to go into the direction that God has for us, so I'm excited, our future looks bright, so let's keep praying about that together, we're going to close with a song here, and uh, look forward to seeing you all back next week, just two more weeks, and then the Sermon on the Mount is going to be through, so God bless you guys.